G'day and welcome to episode 10, the big 10 double digits, yeah, of uh, Surrey Grind. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Afrikiwi, uh, and uh, better known by Joel, and uh, I'm joined as always by Jack Hound 444, better known as Jack. Jack, how you going, my friend? Not bad, mate, not bad. I'm... I'm... <laughs> Try not to burst out laughing with that introduction, bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, nah, I'm, I'm fabulous, bro. Yourself? Yeah, pretty good. Doing pretty good. Feeling optimistic about so rare. Looking forward to the end of this absolute international dead zone. Um, international breaks are painful, not particularly fun, but I guess it gives you some good time to just step back and analyze what's going on. Uh, in the world of Syria, news on the news front for Syria, pretty pretty sparse. Um, but we have had those champion edition cards. Did you buy any? Did you uh, you know um, succumb to the marketing ploy that was champion edition cards? Um, no, I don't think so. I haven't bought any cards. I think in the past week, Joel, I haven't bought any cards. Wow. Um, yeah, I have been pretty inactive on Sora the past week. I've just, this is probably the first time in my Sora journey. Um, yeah, I've been pretty inactive. I, I think I probably have spent less than two hours on Sora in the past week, which is like an all-time low for me. So uh, I don't think so. I'm just going to filter on new cards. Uh, yeah, no no Champion Asia pickups. I did pick up a Josu Hark six days ago. So I guess that's in the within the week. Uh, I picked him up on auction and yeah, I got him for 24 bucks, which doesn't come much cheaper for a backup rare goalkeeper. So, um, yeah, but other than that, I haven't bought anyone, Joel. So, curious to see who you picked up, actually. Yep. A little, a few. picked up someone. A few, yep. Um, We will get to that, though. But, um, yeah, I didn't bother with any of those champion edition cards. They look kind of of good, the, the graphic of the... Did you see them? Did you see what they look like, those champion edition cards uh, the, do they have that like crown, yellow kind of, of um i think i saw something on the, of it on twitter but i might be thinking of something different oh to you. No, i think you're thinking of the player edition ones the new mm. with um like the signature edition for the players that have joined so rare it's kind of like like their rear card had like a bit of a sort of yellowy kind of orangey color blended through it they look kind of cool um but no the champion edition cards where they were i think pretty much just for the previous season cards where it has like a a sort of um crown on a you know on a sort of off-axis um angle in the background behind the the player they look kind of cool um but to be honest i'm kind of not interested to pay more for for aesthetic um because it's kind of got nothing to do with the so5 side of the game um anyway uh move on from from that one (laughs) Um, the calendar game week 277 to 280 calendar have you had a, a look at that at all okay, not now. a thorough look usually I'm pretty um, observant of the calendars and very curious but you know with so much of um, you know my gallery um, occupied with Asian players and mm. how many Asian game weeks going on I have uh, less interest than I usually do so um, yeah. I haven't looked at it thoroughly but I'm presuming it's um, pretty normal otherwise I probably would have heard from you Joel <laughs> yeah, pretty, with the with the calendar came out fuming pretty, about the price pools or something. Pretty sort of ho hum. Um, we've got you know your three hundred cards for your underdog and specialist in the weekends, and then two hundred in the midweek. Midweek looking a bit better value, like um, with the close of game week, uh, with the deadline for game week two seven seven coming up shortly. Uh, looks like it'll probably be some low scores again, but we've got special threekly coming back for game week two eighty, which is um. That first Asia um, game week back, although it's only 300 cards in underdog and specialists that that weekend. I think 300 for the special directly from memory. Um, feels a bit light to only be giving away 300, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to to get back into competing in that special directly. Um, other than that, not much of note in the calendar, but I hope um, that some of the future game weeks, you know, they're gonna. Have a decent enough um, prize pool for those of us that are 
pretty invested in Asia. Um, game week 275, complete. Game week 276, pretty much complete. Um, that Fortaleza versus Sayadar game, Jack, and game week 275, we were both pretty amped for that. We had a ton of cards each um, involved in that one. Um, mm. Anything you want to say about, about that game or about some of the other Brazil slash Argentina slash Recorte in, uh, was it Colombia? Mm. Yeah, that was a big frustration one. I was looking forward to that Game Week 275 um, game for a while um, just because I have a lot of Florida Laser players mm. and I was pretty excited about like this Recorte guy. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much had the whole team, literally. Um, and going into Game Week 275, I was looking prior to the Sierra game with my experience boost um, like going into it I think I was ranked fourth so some of my players have um, in my Fortaleza team had an experience boost of like you know seven percent or higher just because I'd been kind of raking in that boost and living my players up from about week 270 I think so yeah I was compared to you know other Fortaleza stacks I was I would have thought I was in the running for a really high tier reward but fortunately Sarah won one nil from memory, I think. Mm. One nil. Um, so yeah, obviously the Sierra stacks a lot better than the Fortaleza stack, so didn't get a reward there, unfortunately. And yeah, but they they won two one actually against um Flamingo, right? Um, yeah. Last game week they they won in the last minute, but unfortunately, like a lot of the um, premium Fortaleza players didn't score too high, so I didn't get any rewards from that either. But um, something that I've yeah. found really interesting is like the K League and J League tend to have a pretty Bad, you know, bad reputation for rotation, but I've found Brazil way worse. What about you? Mm, I guess I haven't been playing it long enough, but yeah, I was a bit surprised that Moises and Romero didn't start. But I, I guess as well, like they've had a lot of consecutive games. Like they've mm. played midweek and weekend games for probably the past three, four weeks. So I'm I'm not super surprised with the rotation. To be yeah. fair, and for the Lasers case, because I've just been following them, but yes. um, I haven't followed. Brazilian Serie A for long enough to really know. I I do know in Asia it's really frustrating at times. Um, I found that, but um, I haven't noticed it too much. Yeah, I mean, I guess you, you look at the fixture list and you think, oh, yeah, you know, they've got eight back-to-back game weeks. That's tons of utility. But the reality is actually, you know, they're only going to play, what, four, five, maybe six if they are quite a... Well, if they're the keeper, they're probably going to play all eight. But, you know... Uh, as an outfielder, they're probably only going to play what maybe six of those games, probably less if they're a forward. Um, and so it's been, I've found it frustrating. I also thought that the games themselves were pretty underwhelming. That Sayada Fortaleza game was just pretty rubbish. Felipe getting himself sent off, <laughs> sunk both of us, um, or a couple of teams for both of us at least. Um, yeah, I've kind of felt like the the sort of enjoyment like it wasn't that enjoyable watching that game did you find that i i found it not that not that exciting to watch mm, yeah it was a bit frustrating to be fair um yeah because you, you kind of run the numbers and do the math and you think to yourself like hey i've got a really good chance of a high tier reward and it's just like so infuriating you know you're getting a place in off in the you know fight that is so avoidable and it's just like are you kidding mm. me man like it, it, it's pretty it was pretty irritating yeah i'm just like with that where's your brain you know, it's like a big game and like to be goaded into, you know, punching a guy after like, what was it, 18 minutes or something at nil yeah. is like, how dumb are you? Like how so responsible, yeah. How easily wound up are you? I mean, it's, yeah, it's frustrating, especially when I had two, two copies of them. <laughs> Not because I intended to, but because they, Sorry, I decided I should have a second one as my reward. But um, and then really annoying as well, um, Ricarte. You know, you were you were fuming after, and I was. I, mean, I wasn't watching the game, but I was kind of annoyed to see it uh, on. You know, like when looking on Sorry Data, that he got hauled off pretty much straight after they went a man up in game week two seven five, and then in game week two seven six he went and blew and got injured. Mm, yeah for anybody that doesn't know this Ricalte guy who we're referring to he plays in the Colombian league which is covered on so rare and I was watching this game between um 
think Medellin and Deportes Tolima, where he got substituted after this recard. I thought he was the best player on the pitch. Eh? I just think he mm. he looked very, very good. I play um as a midfielder myself, and I'm just like, I know, I know when I see a good midfielder, you know. And you know, Man, he's, quality. he's the he's he is the threatening geezer on the pitch. You know what I mean? Like he's he's the one doing everything. It's no no. You're, you're up with you know an extra man. Why are you taking him off? It just made no sense to me. And then um Unfortunately, he didn't get the decisive. He had a pretty good around score considering he played 60 minutes. Um, I think he had like six attempted assists for crying out loud in that game. And then the following game in two, seven, six, the most recent game week, um, he got injured after 18 minutes. I don't know what his injury is. I need to it's, um, um, have a look. A look. It's a, I think it's a, well, I use Google Translate. <laughs> so, you know, temp, temper your uh, expectations of quality of, of uh, you know, don't, don't bank on my advice here, but basically i think it was a lower leg left leg injury is what what it indicated in the article like might have been a calf or something um he kind of like sort of limped off the pitch basically um so i I do wonder whether the reason he got subbed off in the prior game was because he was actually not 100 percent, perhaps and they thought oh we've got a man up you know we should be able to get it done with you know a different player on the pitch instead of him that's you know, having seen him now go off injured, that's what I, I'm suspecting was why he got subbed off after that red card in the for the, for their opposition in the prior game. But um, nonetheless, pretty frustrating. Yeah, super frustrating. There's, um, I guess, at the very least, you know, um, from just looking around Twitter, looking around the different Discord channels, seems like a number of people really frustrated by the number of dnps that they've been getting so um and sometimes i, I guess it's nice that uh it's not only been us getting wrecked by uh, injuries or or dnps it's kind of um pretty selfishly uh comforting that uh other people are struggling <laughs> um you Neither of us have got anything particularly amazing out of the international sort of break so far. Um, looks like I'll get a sort of higher mid-tier, tier two um, from this game week. I think was it another tier three for you, Jack? Um, mm. Yeah, I think I'm 200th place in underdog, somewhere around that with like one or two games to go. So yeah, I should hang on for tier three there. So you would get like something worth maybe a, a coffee, or two coffees in value. Yeah, maybe maybe five or six homemade coffees, but uh, <laughs> nah, not much there. Eh? So, but um, but sad. But hey, it's all right. That's that's just so in a nutshell. Some weeks really good. Some mm. weeks are a bit there. Well, I kind of want to toot my own horn a little bit because um, I, I was looking <laughs> looking through my uh, my consistency at winning rewards, and um, I think of the game weeks I've played, there's only been one or two game weeks in the last like 20 consecutive game weeks that I haven't played. I think in the game weeks I've played, I've only not won a reward, I think like two or three times in like the past, I think like 18 or so game weeks I've played. So I'm pretty proud of that. Not going to lie. None of, you know, not all of them were great rewards. There were some real clangers worth, you know, barely worth the electricity it cost to transfer them to my team. But, um, you know, I, I was, I was pretty happy with that, but to be honest, and this is the thing was so rare, like consistency kind of doesn't matter that much. You just want the big rewards, basically like one big reward in four weeks is worth more than four consecutive weeks of tier threes or even probably tier twos, really even decent tier twos. So, um, maybe I just need to get a bit more aggressive, a bit more adventurous, Maybe I'm playing it too safe, Jack. Um, mm. how, how do you how do you feel about your your team selection? Like, do you feel like you're you're uh, playing it too safe at times, or just just you know just a bit unlucky? Because frankly, that happens. Yeah, I, I I've said this before, but I think my way of playing so is just I'm trying to reduce as much risk as possible, mm. trying to avoid probably losing money i think that's just the best way to play it and just giving myself the best opportunity of being competitive to win rewards um rather than probably taking unnecessary risks um but you know 
I'm not going to lie. I've definitely thought about picking up, you know, some premium players. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, the likes of like Cecenia. Do I just, you know, go for like one or two lineups yeah. um, every single game week as premium as possible? But, you know, I just think, you know, there's a lot that could go wrong there. But I, I guess there is um, potential upside. But, you know, I, I kind of want to play so real where I'm reducing my risk. I'm submitting lots of pretty competitive lineups. I have a high likelihood of winning tier ones and stars. Um, and I also think that's more enjoyable too. I kind of like the idea of having, you know, six to seven lineups that could win pretty high rewards rather than maybe having one or two that um, probably have a higher likelihood of winning, winning rewards. But, you know, just one DMP or one thing goes wrong and then you mm-hmm. know, your lineups are in the mud. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'm, I, I'm pretty happy with how I'm playing sort of right now. And it's not requiring too much maintenance because I've, I've um, spent a lot of time, like, you know, acquiring the knowledge that I have now, I guess. So mm-hmm. um, I'm pretty satisfied at the moment yeah it's it's interesting eh because you know and and this is something we've been talking about off podcast a little bit um so i went and added some more funds um with ethereum being the price that it's at um to with with the intent of picking up sazenia basically you know i was was fully intent uh, on doing so and you know it's 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 one thing having the funds there and, and being able to do it yeah it's the other going now, is this actually the best call? Like, what am I going to use them for? You know, and and that's for me been the big question. And it, and I'll and this has kind of raised some of the um, data stuff I'm um, going to talk to um, shortly on the pod. But um, you know, if I'm picking up Zenia, you know, he's got to be uh, either you know your he's your premium pick in your specialist team, or he's part of a really good global all star team because he's probably too good for the you know the Champion Asia team unless you really you know only are interested in picking up champion asia players but the best rewards really are you know global all-star if you're getting that you know that's that star level star level limiteds and global all-star much better than the star level limiteds in champion asia for example um and there was a whole big podcast done by um the sorry data guys on you know what cards are, are too good for their sort of regional divisions which if you're listening to this and haven't listened to that and you're really interested in in uh hearing a lot of lot of chat about that then they i thought it was actually a really good podcast but um yeah having the funds is one thing but you know actually going and buying him because i'm looking at it and thinking okay well i can buy him or i can buy chogu sung and german q and potentially someone else um for the same price and it's like is he actually that much better and the fact that his last five games are so strong just makes me like more uncomfortable about it <laughs> because you just know that you know like an l5 of 80 is insane like there are very few players probably that go through similar patches and, and he's he's a guy that is long-term really good uh, has been very consistent very good for a long time in career and because he's older he's you know not hunting for that big move he's pretty content i'd say to be the big fish in the small pond which is what you want but um you know, is that L5 really, you know, impacting his price? Um, do you have any thoughts? Because obviously you've been, you know, just like we were talking about before, you know, do you sell up some players and actually just, you know, go and, go and buy them? Um, where do you sit on that, on those thoughts? Mm, something I also really like about Sasenia specifically um, is just his all-round score capability. Like, mm. I don't know if you've seen his last game, Joel, yeah. but... Yeah, he, he just, even if he doesn't get a decisive, you know, he can still get a 70 score as a forward for crying out loud. Yep. Um, and, you know, he's taking all the set pieces, everything goes through him. And also comparing him to, you know, other assets in other leagues um, in Challenger and Champion Europe for similar scores, he is pretty mm. reasonably priced, I would I would say. Yeah. Like if you're comparing Tadich. him to players, yeah, like Tadich, for example, Tadich you know, he's, good, Tadich good is literally person. double the price. Yeah. Um, and and um, I, I'm trying to think of, yeah, players with a L forty above sixty five that are Fords that are over thirty. I mean, but yeah, I also like the fact that he's you know um, probably got a lot of game weeks now as well. Like, um, and mm. I think even what's his name, Gil, the guy in the MLS, yeah. like he's like a thousand dollars, isn't he? And he's probably got pretty similar scores to the senior. And Gil's he's a almost midfielder, double, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I, I do like the senior for that reason. You know, like at, although you know, $400 is quite a considerable amount for the likes of someone with my Brost evaluation, mm-hmm. you know, comparing him to other players in different leagues, you know, it's 
pretty reasonable like uh, from that point of view yeah and that's that's the thing that makes me go okay yeah well he is worth picking up but then it's like you know he picks up an injury because he you know was out for a little bit of an injury and then you've got you know 10 percent for me that would be about 10 percent of my portfolio value or close to it you've got 10 percent of your portfolio value sitting on the sideline you're not able to use um I mean, I've already experienced that when I won Anthony and was unable to use him, and then um, Kingsley Coman and wasn't able, unable to use him. Um, but um, yeah, like to be honest, the only I think only thing that would really just tank his value would be, you know, doing his ACL and being out for six months. Um, doing yeah, because it's probably two other things to consider. Like you know, he had his he had an injury and was out for about seven games, and I'm looking at his price. You know, how much it go down just from that injury mm. and i think he probably went down probably about 20 percent of value 30 percent of value and also you got to think about you know the potential upside say you know mm. his l40 maybe goes to a 70 is he gonna drastically go up in price more is he kind of hit his limit you know you got to come mm. and yeah think about these things too you know just i, I feel like he's probably like risk. i feel like he can go up more in value and i think the fact that he has some missed games in his in his last 15 is what is holding his price back a bit for some people that don't know the Asian league that well. Um, and so I think, you know, the more games he plays, even if he's not scoring like an 80, if he's getting, you know, some sixties in there, um, I think that's going to continue to, you know, see his, um, see his price sustained or, or increase a bit. Um, but it's always an opportunity cost. It's like, well, okay, if I pick him up, I'm wanting to run some defensive stacks, which we'll, we'll talk about in a sec, but um you know, if, if I'm using him, he's my over my 60 plus L15 option and specialist um, because that's where some of the best rewards are in my view. And, you know, then that means for the rest, you know, other four positions, I can't use another player that's got an L15 or 60 plus. And if you look at some of the best defensive stacks in Asia, they it's utilizing a defender with an L15 of 60 plus. Um, whereas, you know, you've got a player like German Q at Jeju who is about a quarter of the price or a third of the price, probably more accurately, of Cezinha. Um And really good form, good team, second in the league. Um, you know, also has some decent AA, not quite as good as Cezinha, but, um, you know, he, he fits in well because he's got an L15 of like 57. Again, it's probably going to go past that if he keeps playing well. But, um, and so I'm probably going to end up buying both, <laughs> I assume. Both him and Cezinha, and you end up using Cezinha and, and All Star or something like that. But um, it's a tricky one, and I guess that's just that's just part of so playing so rare, right? It's just getting that balance. Um, game week two seven seven, Jack. Anything interesting? Um, I personally don't have a lot to talk to about it. Just a couple of Brazilian teams from the you know, and just hope that they're all playing. It's kind of the summary of of game week 277 looking ahead for me yeah well i'm actually trying to put my lineups together as we speak and i'm having a pretty tough time uh especially with specialist because you know i have to have at least uh three different teams right because you could only have a maximum of two players um from each team so that's tough i'm trying to put a team together there with the l1540 limitation um and i'm also trying to put together an underdog team um originally i had ricalte in there when mm, I submitted my yep. lineups earlier in the week, Me but too. I had no idea what the story is with him. Yeah. So that's pretty infuriating. So I'm I'm still trying to figure that out, but other than that, not really much to comment on. Alrighty. Well, let's jump into some spicy deals and then into some data. But um Jack, I've got a couple of spicy deals. I've been having a bit of a look on the goalkeepers side of things. Um because obviously some of our our good friends have started playing Saria thanks to our influence. Um, and I was just having a look at, you know, basically because so much of our Saria journey to date has been pretty Asia focused, given when you were into the season in Europe, didn't make a lot of sense and picking up, you know, players, um, you know, there at that time in our view, um, where they are now though, perhaps an option, um, and so I've got some uh, some goalkeeper options that I like the look of. Um, and uh, you can punch them in while I'm talking to them and I'd be interested in your opinion. But um, first is, um, and 
whenever I see his name, I just think Sweetie. <laughs> he's like he's the perfect goalkeeper for you, Jack. Um, Rene, <laughs> Rene, <laughs> Rene Sweetie, R E N E space S W E T E, goalkeeper for Hartburg. He's thirty-one. Svete, oh, it could be like a you know like how you get the German kind of W pronounced like a like a V. Um, I don't know. Sweet, sweet, sweete, sweetie. <laughs> However, it's pronounced. Um, he's the captain at Hartberg. Um, they barely survived relegation. Um, so I guess that is potential risk. But you know, you're going to get at least a full season. Uh, short of injury or transfers, but captain 360 bits for a starting goalkeeper. Uh, and the backup when I last looked was pretty cheap as well. Um, you know, for 360 bits, what do you think of that as a challenge of Europe, you know, preparing for, for the next season? Mm. I mean, I don't know much about him, like if I'm honest, so I'd have to do a lot more research, but I mean, from my experience playing, so that's seems like pretty good value. Yeah, I was having I had a good look through pretty much all of Eredivisie, all of um, the Jupiter Jupiter Pro League, the Belgian League, um, and through all of the Turkish League. And Eredivisie, for the most part, it just feels so overpriced, so expensive. Um, I think because it's outside of the top five European leagues, probably one of the most watched, one of the most followed because of like all the talent that comes through the likes of Ajax and Feyenoord and PSV, et cetera. Um, and there are actually still a lot of internationals, you know, that are, that are there, but the Austrian league seems pretty um, overall better priced. You've obviously got Salzburg kind of dominating that league, but you know, all the rest of the teams um, in their league seem to be generally quite a bit cheaper and they're obviously not all going to be playing you know Salzburg every week, so um, he he kind of stood out as one of the better values. Um, which another one there was a guy that I had, and I got uh, the guy that bought him off me made a great took a great punt basically. That's um, Tino Casali, the um, the Altach, the cash cash point, cash point Altach, 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 goalkeeper. Uh, who I sold uh, for near the bottom, 170 bips. Bought him for 344. He's trading at 460 now because they survived relegation on, I think, the final day. Um, so uh, that guy, Simics, if you're listening, well done. You absolutely rinsed me with that that deal. But um, yeah, he looks he looks right, pretty good. Um, Scores actually for uh, some decent all-around scores as well. Actually, pretty much always in the positives. They must not punt the ball long much. Must be more playing it out from the back. But um, he looks all right in that league. Fairly young, twenty-six years old. Um, another option that I really like the look of is Joe Lewis at Aberdeen. He's only two hundred ninety-seven bips. Very very cheap. Um, from a few different people on though, including the um, Surrey Odyssey guys, um, who we're still waiting to hear back specifics on our competition with them about, by the way. Um, <laughs> they still haven't confirmed whether the prize is satisfactory or not. Um, the they, they reckon he's at least me starting the season, and so do a number of other people that seem to you know quite closely follow Scottish football. So I'm I'm pretty interested to pick him up, eh? Because um, Aberdeen were pretty poor last season but the season before they were actually quite a good team historically they're they're reasonable and uh, i've got actually got a family connection to aberdeen if you didn't realize jack i um, i didn't know that my great-grandfather was from aberdeen so um that not that that really you know inspires me to throw money at their players in syria it's just kind of you know a slight added bit of interest um but for 297 bips He's also the captain. Uh, their backups are cheap as well. Um, looks like a pretty good option for a for a challenger keeper, to be honest, mm. in my view. Um, 
And the third goalkeeper for Challenger, I like the look of, was uh, Emiliano Viviano, who um, used to be at Spal or SPAL, um, Spal, however the Italians pronounce it. Um, then moved to Fateh Karagumruk. Karagumruk! Um, in Turkey. And uh, he's pretty, he's towards the older end, but you know, having uh, goalkeepers from Asia who are typically in the same sort of age bracket as him, that's not really uh, something that worries me too much. 36, but he's 370 bips. At this point, the starter at, mm. um, at this time, his contract's until June 2023. Uh, superb starting rate. I don't know how many other goalkeepers are out there at, at this price point that have played 100% of the last 40. Um, that's really attractive, just that consistency of starting. Um, seems to be getting a clean sheet kind of one every, I don't know, sort of two and a half games or so two three games um and so yeah i wondered about you know the potential of stacking him with one of their their defenders looking at, at that for the season of the of the three jack what's your um what's your thoughts on what what your preference would be I love a consistent keeper, bro. So, mm. yeah, that Viviano shout um, does seem pretty good. I was also wondering if you looked at this guy, Joel, uh, Koffler. He also played in he, – he plays in the Austrian Bundesliga. Um, yeah, if you, you want to search him up, you can take a look. But I'm assuming he's retiring because yep. his limit price is so cheap. Yeah, he is. Did you actually yep. – do you 100% know that or are you yep. just assuming that he's he is? transfer market. He's gone to without club. <laughs> uh, I think he's expected to – or he's – or he's going and playing for like a third division side. I think it might be that I saw. Yeah. Mate, I had a deep dive. I had a deep dive on the all of the Austrian keepers. Um, but yeah, because I saw that and I thought, man, this guy's a bargain. What's the story? Like if people just, you know, just writing off because he's 35. But no, he was actually leaving. Um, I wonder if this um, Manuel Kuten guy is going to come in as the keeper or they're going to have to get somebody else. Yeah. He's only 20 bucks. The backup, I think, I think they did. I'm pretty sure they have bought someone. Yeah, no, no, they have. Um, they picked up someone from, I think, the German second division, um, or German third division. I think second division. Um, because I, I did wonder that as well. Um, but no, yeah, they they picked up someone from the German second division, so it wasn't quite as good a opportunity as it could have been because mm. um, Baumgartner and defence. Looks like a you could have been a, a pretty um, attractive sort of stack uh, option alongside if if one of those guys was was there, but unfortunately not. Um, yeah, that's a shame. But jumping back to Asia, um, I'm actually pretty keen to pick up Yuyaoki, Kashima, Antlers. Um, have you been following um, what Kuen Sante's price has been doing? Uh, I know it was pretty low last time I checked, but um, no, I haven't been following the last like week or so. I'm gonna have a look now. I don't, I don't think he's moved too much from a week ago. Um, probably, yeah, I don't think he's really moved at all from a week ago. But um, very cheap for the current starting keeper. I think a lot of people have looked at it last five and and kind of gone, mm, this guy could be. Uh, in trouble and get rotated out. And I mean, Yuyoki was the starting keeper once upon a time um, last season. And we talked about that, I think, on the last podcast. But as far as starters and backups with, you know, that are under 23 and I think, you know, decently likely to become starters in the not too distant future, that one to me seems the best of the bunch. Um, you can buy both of them for 891 bips. Um, Yuoki has never gone below 200 bits. Well, I think he once went for 199, but you get the idea. Um, and then if you look at you know, likes of Keisuke Osako at San Freche, do you know what he's trading at now? I think 350 bucks, isn't he? Something like that. Uh, I was just looking at him before, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, you're about right. Yeah. Like 
Two thousand burps. Two ETH. Shit. Or not two ETH. Um. Point two. Point. Point two. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, I sold them for point one one. <laughs> I thought wow. that was a good price. So, um, mm. you know, if he becomes the starter, it's a good team too. Kashima. They they are losing Ueda, which is big news to Sporting Lisbon. I think it's been all but confirmed. Um. And defensively, they've been a bit average this season, but they are, you know, they're at the top end of the table. They are one of the better teams in the J League. They've still got Yuma Suzuki, although he, I th- sorry, Data was indicating he's out injured, but he might have a niggle. Um, but I mean, becomes a starter, you know, and, and does all right. He's going to, his, his price is doubling. Easy. Um, I mean, you just have a look at Kosei Tani, who, has place of the worst team. I think it was price will even triple Joel. If okay, oh, yeah, a starter, to be honest. Yeah, well, if he if he yeah. if he becomes a starter and plays well, then oh, actually, no, you're probably right. Probably even if he just becomes a starter. I mean, Kazutani's what? Um, one th- yeah, fourteen hundred, one thousand four hundred bips. Um, I mean, Kazutani's a bit unique in that he's actually only on loan at Shonen from Gambo Osaka. Um. So if they get relegated, it doesn't really matter for him because um, he's he was on it. I think it's a two-year loan with Shonen. This is his second year. Um, but yeah, no, I just as far as upside goes, Quinsante does you know become the backup. Well, then you're gonna be away laughing. Have an under great under twenty-three keeper, and but if he doesn't, and Yuyoki stays the backup for now. His price is probably not going to, you know, not going to drop much. Um, I'd be very surprised to see it go down to 200, 200 bips. Sorry, it's probably not going back below 400, um, short of him getting a, a transfer somewhere. Um, and then, you know, if Quinn Sante is confirmed, you know, as the start is, price is most likely going to bounce back. Um, so, uh, and then other spicy deals. Jack, we've mentioned about him before. Chang Woon, he's just he's just so so discounted right now. I don't know if you've had a look. Sixty five bips was the last. Oh, someone must have bought it. Actually, a whole yeah, it's hilarious. This one guy, uh, Leo Leo S, bought a couple of them, and now is. Now his floor's at 99 bips. Oh, I should have, should have picked up at 65, but <laughs> that's hilarious. That's literally only just <laughs> happened a, couple, a few hours ago. Yeah, uh, it's pretty funny. He, he's quality. He's quality. Nailed starter. Oh, it might be an option to pick him up again cheaper, but if you're, what, if you're listening and he's down around 65, 70 bips, I'd certainly be interested in buying there I mean I've got one and I probably don't need a second but look at him and then there's another sort of outside one like super super discount um Huang Siok Ho have you looked at him before um no I no doesn't ring a bell eh Huang Siok Ho did you say yeah Siok S-E-O-K oh Siok at uh, Sagan Tosu. Like not... No, it doesn't ring a bell. Not a big star player by any means, but um, he is one that is fairly highly rated by the Sagan Tosu supporters. He's had injury issues, which is why he's had this in and out of the, the lineup. He's like he's a starter when he's fit. Um, and you'll note that he's very rarely on the bench. He's either starting or he's not on the team, basically. Um and the reason I think he's a particularly good deal is a couple of reasons. One, he's so cheap. He's like 14 bips. So two euros, um, which also means he's got um, you know, pretty good um, use for like likes of underdog with his L15 being only 44 um, and, and specialist potentially, but probably better in underdog. Um, and then... Uh, Sagan Tosu has been a team that has the defenders have scored well and they've played at home. I don't know if you've 
if you've noticed that, Jack, but um, they they are a good home team. Both um, you know, defence and the goalkeeper, and I think usually the midfielders as well. Um, so as a as a you know sort of a rotation piece for underdog, when apart from that one game that he got subbed on when he was coming back from injury against Shimizu, I think his lowest score at home has been a fifty-one or fifty-two that he's played so far. He's only played about five, four or five home games so far this season, but pretty consistent um, mm. at home. Um, I just, yeah, I mean, I've had the reason I mentioned him is, and the reason I'm aware of him is because I've held him from early in the season. I think Matsuyama had him as like a hidden gem for the season. Um, and he just was plagued by injury, or has been really, um, was out to, well, he did start the season, yeah, got injured only three games in, came back, missed another game with injury. And I thought, oh, here we go, he's out again. But no, he must have been something minor because he's been back playing again. But, um, yeah, what what do you what do you rate that that spicy deal? Is that spicy enough for you or or about ho hum? I mean, you can't really go wrong. So, yeah, like it's a pretty low risk option. I don't know if it's the best option and most like competitive player, but yeah, I suppose if they have like a favorable fixture, I don't see why he can't get a pretty high score. He's probably capable of a seventy plus score by the looks, so rounds are pretty decent. It does look like he does lose position probably a bit more frequently than I would like. But mm. yeah, I'd have to see him play before I probably put him in one of my limitation lineups like underdog and specialist, I reckon. But yeah, pretty decent shot. Well, from Wang Xiaoko to uh, one of his teammates, actually. Um, the I had a, I was having quite a good dive really into the stacks functionality on salary data have you, have you used that at all mm, no i've actually never used that how, how do you do that by the way oh perfect setup there you go well when you punch in the player name in salary data and mm-hmm. there's that black banner it's got you know price graph rolling average history etc etc all the way on the right hand side a second from the right is stacks and it shows okay it shows you those players um, with other players from their team. How many games they've played together, the average minutes they've played together, the average combined score that they've had, and the percentage of games where they've had 60-plus points each in the same game, which I think is really useful information because, obviously, when you're wanting, you know, your best chances of winning rewards are when all your players are scoring big at the same time. Um, you don't want two players that both score really well, but never score well in the same game week. Otherwise, you're just going to consistently get sort of tier threes, tier twos. Um, and so I had quite a quite a dive through the defensive side of pretty much all of Asia. Because um, actually, there's not too many teams to dive through, really. Um, it's a, what, 30 in total um, across the K-League and J-League. And um, so... Because basically from that, um, I picked up both Slowick and Morishiga from FC Tokyo. They are undisputably the best defensive combo in Asia. Uh, their average combined score is 125.3. Is their average game. Wow. Yes. Pretty decent, yeah. Um, and in 45% of the 11 games we've had together, because the Morishiga's missed, I think, a few with injury, um, of the 11 they've played so far this season, and 45% of them, they've both scored 60-plus. So almost almost half of the time, um, which is a pretty, pretty phenomenal stat. Um, there is only one pairing that has a higher um, ratio of games where, they've, where both the goalkeeper and defender has scored 60-plus. Do you want to guess which team that is? Or which combo? Could it be a Vespa? See, I thought it was going to be the same, but I was surprised at actually how kind of only slightly above average a Vespa was. So, no, it wasn't a Vespa. What about... Uh, could be Fukumori and Sageno. 
I don't know if that's see that, that wasn't them, but they were <laughs> they are um, on my list as an honorable mention. They were okay close. Uh, I'm I'm looking at Urawa maybe potentially like they could be up there Kawasaki. Hey. Yeah, so it's Kawasaki, Taniguchi, and Jason okay. Ryong. Um, the average combined was 121.1, so about 4.2 lower than Slovak and Morishiga. But of the 15 games they've played together, 47% of them, they have both scored 60-plus. So but I thought that was really interesting because their prices combined are so much higher than Slovak and Morishiga, yet the stats say that actually not that much better i think it's just because perhaps mm. morishiga is a bit older um yeah makes sense but um some of the other best stacks were um keisuke osako plus sho sasaki from san Friche. yeah that's just probably a bit unnecessarily expensive for me right yeah, like i think is. the only team i'm ever going to have osako when is on 23 so that i mean stack yeah. isn't really no mm. But I mean, you could um, arguably make use of both of them in the same game week and kind of perhaps build two teams sort of around the same theme. So either both teams are winning well or both are not winning well. But yeah, I, I agree. I think it's kind of a bit of a, uh, a bit excessive to, um, you know, have both of them in like an all-star. If you've got no soccer, you want to be using one under 23. Um, but yeah, they had 40% of their 10 games together. Um, with 60 plus uh, and then probably other best one in terms of in terms of average score um, not so much in terms of the games that they've both had 60 plus but in terms of average score was um, Joe Xiangwu and Seoul Youngwu from um, Ulsan mm. but again Seoul Youngwu you know, under 23 defender Similar price to Taniguchi, um, but if you've got him, you're probably perhaps interested in using him under 23. Probably not quite as excessive as using an under 23 goalkeeper in Global Star. But, um, but I found some interesting combos as well that I didn't quite expect. Um, like, for example, the you know the best pairing for Kim Dong-jun, you know, the Jeju goalkeeper was? Mm, yeah. It was the, you know, the you're looking it up, so you're going to cheat, I know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, <laughs> I can assume it's either Chongwon or Kim Okyu, who you're thinking no. of stacking him with, right? It's neither. Is that, who would it be then? A defender from Jeju? Well, what? you'd say that a defender is better to stack him with, but statistically, Juman Q has been better to stack with Kim Dong-jun. They've had more games where they've both scored 60 plus and they've got a better average score together. I think though that says more about how the quality that German Q has has brought in this consistency than it sort of being a an obvious link. But that is quite interesting. They are the best, well, Kim German Q is the best pairing for German. Uh, yeah, German Q is the best pairing for Kim Dong-jun. Um, but if you're if you're going with German Q, the best pairing for him, I think, was like Lee Chang Moon, something like that. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, similar ones like at um, another one uh, I thought was really interesting was at Jublo Awata. You know, Mura. They have had a bit of goalkeeper rotation, but Mura and um, Yuto, not to be confused with Yuito uh, or Yoshinori, but Yuto Suzuki. Um, the two of them have combined on average for 111.1 points per game, which is pretty solid. It's averaging like, what, a 50, 55 each. They've played 12 games mm. together and they've never both scored over 60. <laughs> I thought that, that would be a really frustrating pairing. You know, two that actually scored decent. But I thought that's amazing that 12 games played, they've never had a game in common where they both scored 60 plus. The other mm. one that surprised me in a similar sort of way, um, and I've kind of framed this question up wrong because I was going to get uh, get you to guess who it was, but Oh Seung Hoon and Jong Tae Wook. Do you want to 
guess what their average score is combined? It's probably pretty low, but um, I've actually been thinking about this defensive sack quite a bit because their mm. L5 is probably really good. Um, in terms Why of I bring it up? Defensive sack because Dago's been pretty decent. Um, just remind me what your question was again, Joel. So Osiung Hone, yeah. Dago keeper, and Jong Taewook, one of the starting centre backs. What's their mm. average combined score? In the, they've played 16 uh, games together, by the way. Let's go with 96.9. Oh, that's actually quite close. It's 95.2. But mm, being like okay. being a decent defensive pairing, that's that's pretty poor. You know, you're comparing that to like you know Slovak and Morishiga, which is they're scoring like 30 points combined on average more every game. Then mm. I think there are a lot of variables though, but that is a pretty substantial difference. Um and but, so over their 16 games, do you want to know how many times they both scored 60 plus in a game? Uh, Morshiga and Slowick. No, Osung Hoon and Jong Tae Wook. Um, twice. I reckon twice. Once. Oh, okay. 16 games. Decent. Once. That's really poor. Like, because I'd, I'd picked up Jong Tae Wook. I've had Osung Hoon for a while. Um, I thought he was underpriced for quite a while. Um, he's probably about slightly around fair value now, I think. Um, and I thought that, you know, Jong Taewook would be a good partnership for him. And when I looked that up, I was really surprised actually at how poor they've been compared to a ton of other options out there that are pretty much the same value. Um, so I am actually planning to get rid of Jong Taewook. Um, because I'd picked up mm. Hong Jong-un, who has been much better. Um, and I think more consistently um, scored decently alongside um, Oh Seung-hoon, or I, I expect him to. Um, yeah, his all-round score has been a lot better, Hong Jong-un, as compared to John Tae-wook. I th- something I like about John Tae-wook, though, is that he's a really big goal scoring through I think from set pieces um I know he's only got one goal and I think he actually scored another goal in the Kaylee Cup kind of recently you were saying Joel mm, yeah saying that which I'm not surprised about because he is probably head taller than every single other player in the K-League but I'm not even joking this guy's like six foot eight tall, yeah. I'm exaggerating but he is he's is extremely tall like it's I don't know he just looks like an absolute tank um and I I'm looking through his like last 15 games he's only had um one score above 60 which is why like it's pretty much mm-hmm. been um, impossible for that, you know, defensive stack to have a, a combination of scores of them both getting over sixty because Dante Brooks literally only scored over sixty once. But then you so, look at you look at his price, right? He's he's what ninety five bips, I think. Last I checked, something around that. Mm. And you've mm-hmm. got Hong Jong Un, who's about two years older, and in his last four games, in every single game, he scored sixty or more. And he's he's twenty seven, and he's only thirty bips more. To me, that's mm. crazy. I think this Hong. Yeah, I think um, as well, though, something about um, Hong Jong-un is he's not probably nearly as nailed as John Tae-wook from what I know. Like, if you really? look at... um, Because if you look at his um, previous games, there was a period of time where he wasn't playing, and I think it wasn't necessarily just because he was injured. I think he was I think just it was injury. Uh, rotated out. I think... Um, he got injured in game 2-4-8 because he went off at halftime. And then he missed a whole bunch of games, and then they had the um, Asia Champions League, and he... Um, yeah, just like like they like a lot of the teams did, they rotated um, for the Asia Champions League. Mm. But I'm definitely agreeing with you. I think Hong Jong Un definitely represents better value than John Tae Wook at the moment for sure. Like it's pretty hard to argue that. I just I don't know if I'm fearful that he there is a possibility he gets rotated because he's done so well. But I just for some reason in the back of my mind, I think maybe last season looking through his SO5 scores, like he just wasn't playing for whatever reason. Like you can see his L40 is. Um, he's only played in 65% of games. Like, I think there was just some reason, some weird reasons for DMPs. You know, it's just like phases of time. I'm not too sure what the story is. Well, he missed seven with injury early this season. And then, yeah, a stretch of three games where he wasn't in the squad, sort of tail end of last season, which given he wasn't even on the bench, I'm assuming it was injury. I just, I just think he's mm. actually had some 
injury issues every now and then because he's he's very rarely been benched. He's been not in the squad at all for periods of time. I think he must have had a significant injury in 2020 because he came off after 11 minutes against Kim Chion and he wouldn't have been an under-22 player at that point and missed like 15 games or something, maybe 20 before coming back. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty comfortable with him, I think. Um, perhaps owning both him and one of the other Daegu centre-backs is, is the way to go and prioritising playing him if he's out injured it's one of the other guys um, but I just yeah I just like him um, but um, yeah some of those other um, stacks um, I thought really interesting because uh, I picked up the Suwon Blue Wings goalkeeper and you know have a couple of their defenders and you know I was going to use them for likes of underdog and whatnot um, of the four starting Suwon Blue Wings defenders Jack only Jang Hoek has gotten a 60-plus at the same time as Yang Hyungmo in 48 games combined amongst the Suwon Blue Wings oh. defenders. Oh, gosh. So that, That's terrible. That made me kind of uh, reconsider <laughs> whether it's actually a good stack to have. I mean, you know, they've just sacked the previous manager. New manager has gotten playing a bit better. Um, but that was pretty, um, pretty surprising to me that record was so poor mm. um but on to some honorable mentions and one of them was ones one of the ones you mentioned which was sugino and fukumori which i think is actually the best value defensive stack possibly in the whole game at the, at moment. the moment yep um yeah i'm with you on that one i i've got to bring up the time there was a time i was playing specialist and my three of my players had scored over 200 points and i had sugino and fukumori to play and usually in order to win a rare reward, you probably require 320 points and above. So if, you know, Sugeno and Fukumori keep a clean sheet, I had a really high likelihood of winning a rare reward. But unfortunately, they both DMP'd in the same game week um, due to different injuries. So that was absolutely heartbreaking. So I, I'm very familiar with this pair. They've been very kind to me thus far, but I know their potential. I've seen some of Fukumori's scores. I love that he takes set pieces. And um, yeah, unfortunately, though, they haven't done very well on my... Um, uh, one of my SO5 lineups thus far, but yeah, I definitely know their potential. Yeah, I think they've been um, so far this season particularly good at home um, was what the numbers seem to indicate. I think the worst game was early on in the season against um, San Fritche, Hiroshima. Um, but against Yokohama, a 53 for Sugino, then a 49.6 against Urawa, 60 at home to Tokyo, 77.5 at home to Shonen, 65.6 at home to Kyoto, and then he missed some of the recent games with, with injury. Um, but they do have three away games in the next four, um, and they've been a bit more of a mixed bag away from home. Kawasaki in the next game will be tough, um, as well as Tokyo in a few game weeks' time. But um, yeah, I think, I mean, Sugino's very cheap was was even cheaper um at one stage i think he was sort of going for about 380 but but he's now 410 still quite cheap i think fukumori because of his um he had a red card not too long ago as well um means his price is is down a bit on um where it has been too so i still think from a a um utility point of view i mean yeah look at fukumori some of fukumori's scores at home as well um again that that saint freche game was a, was a poor one for both him and sugino and he will fukumori wasn't great against urawa he gave away a penalty but um some of those other ones have been huge their one nil home wins against kyoto and shonen were um, really big so yeah I, I like them as a as an option um but yeah some shout outs to murakami vispa keeper and nara in a, and murakami and daikimiya very similar uh, seems the data was showing murakami plus groli is the worst pairing um murakami and nara 100 and basically 110 point average 38 percent of the games have played together they've both scored 60 plus uh, nishikawa and iwanami very similar Schultz as well was 
Schultz and Nishka was the better pairing. Not by much, but not enough to justify the price, I think. Have you, have you still got Schultz or have you? Have you no, no, no. I don't have Schultz anymore. I, I sold him. Just um, thought there wasn't enough upside and yeah. thought it was a good idea to get flipping on. Yeah, I think that's a good move. Um, yeah, Nishikawa and Iwanami, about 31% of the 16 games they've played together. They um, both scored 60 plus. So, um, yeah, um, some some good options there. I think it's you know, good. those are good places to start in building a specialist team, it's my view. Um, Already, um, Jake, you got anything else to say on the stack side of things uh, before we shut up shop for episode ten? Uh, don't think so. I think you've pretty much covered all, covered all, everything. Yeah, cool bananas. Well, the next podcast is a big one. We are pretty fortunate to be joined by Kayleigh English, better known as Ross. If you haven't seen any of his stuff you and, and are interested in the k-league then you're living under a rock um he's fairly active on twitter um and pretty much is the person that jack and i have to thank actually for getting into the k-league really um to be fair um, so anyway he's going to be joining on the next pod we're going to do a bit of a deep dive into the k-league and um different players there and and ideal options so Really looking forward to that one. That will be uh, on Friday. So that's about three days time. And we'll put that out. And then after that, we'll be um, just going down to uh, regularly putting out pods on the Friday. And we've been a little bit all over the show recently due to varying schedules between Jack and I. But we will, uh, yeah, um, be putting some, some good stuff out regularly on the Fridays. And looking forward to there being some real game weeks ahead from the game at 280 onwards. Anyway, that's us for episode 10. Later.